begin today the Gemara on Dafayin Tesamut Beis, six lines from the bottom of the Yomud, where it says, Im Erchatz. So the Mishnah is discussing what Nedarim are considered to be Inui Nefesh. A husband could only nullify the Nedarim of his wife if it's something that's an affliction of the soul. So the Tanakhama says, if she makes a nether not to bathe herself, that's called an affliction of the soul. And on that, Rabbi Yaisi says, no, Ein Elu Nidre Inui Nefesh. These are not considered to be a nether that are an affliction of the soul. Okay, but what's the exact words that the Mishnah used? Im erchatz v'im loy erchatz. The nether is, if I will bathe and if I will not bathe. So it's not clear what kind of, what kind of a language of a nether is this. Im erchatz, if I will bathe. That's the nether. The nether, the, the inni nefesh is, if I will not bathe. So the Gemara will explain that. So the Gemara, it said in the Mishnah, Im erchatz heichi komar. What exactly did this person say? Okay, so before I read the Gemara inside, at this point, the Gemara is going to explain with the assumption that the MS, even the Tanakhama agrees that making a nether not to bathe oneself is not considered to be an inu nefesh. What's the inu nefesh? The inu nefesh is like what Rabbi Yaisi said, when she says, I'm not going to eat petis in the entire world. Not eating something, that's called inu nefesh. Ay, what does the Mishnah mean when it says, im erchatz, if I bathe? If I bathe, that's just the condition of the nether. She was saying, I'm not going to eat the petis of the world if I bathe. Okay, let's see in the words of the Gemara. So now, if you're going to say, that, what did she say? That I make a nether, not to have enough from any of the petis of the world. And the condition of this nether was, if I bathe myself. So if so, why according to the Tanakhama, is this considered to be a nether of inu nefesh, that the husband has the right to nullify it? So lama la'afara. Why would the husband have to nullify this nether? So let her not bathe, and let her not have any ano, and then let her not become also, that is, to have ano from the pedis of the world. So again, like I said before, at this point the Gemara is assuming that even the Tanakama agrees that not bathing is not considered to be inu nefesh. The only inu nefesh is not to eat from the pedis of the world. That's why the Mishnah does not say that she made a nether not to bathe. That's not the issue. The issue is that she's not going to eat from any petis. So if the condition is that she would not bathe, so let her, let her just not bathe. And then she'll be able to eat the petis. So why is the Mishnah here saying that the Tanakhama says that these are the Dharam of any nefesh that you could nullify? Okay. V'loy litzran, you have, we have here in the Gemara this word elu. The Bach takes out the word elu. V'loy litzran petis oilam Allah. And then the petis of the world will not be asar on her. That's how you read it. Okay, now the Gemara continues asking when Rabbi Yaisi argued on the Tanakhama. What exactly did Rabbi Yaisi say? So let's again see the words of Rabbi Yaisi. You have it on the top line of this Amit right over here. Omar Rabbi Yaisi, ain elu nidre inu nefesh. These nedarim are not the nether of inu nefesh. What's Rabbi Yaisi saying? Rabbi Yaisi is talking about the condition of the nether, or is he talking about the nether itself? He's talking about the nether itself. These nedarim are not inu nefesh. In other words, he's saying that even though she said that she's not going to eat the petis, of the world, that's not any nefesh. So the Gemara asks, how could Rabbi Yaisi say such a lashon? Furthermore, the question is, regarding this, if you're going to say that the case of here is that the actual nether itself was not to eat from the petis, Rabbi Yaisi would say, Ein elu nidri nefesh, that these nedarim are not inu nefesh? How could that be? Maybe she will bathe, and then the petis and then the petis of the world will become asr on her. In other words, for sure, Rabbi Yaisi would agree that astering yourself from eating all the petis of the world are considered to be an inefesh. Rabbi Yaisi himself says that. So why does Rabbi Yaisi use this lotion of Ein Elu Nidre in Inefesh? That these Nidarim are not in Inefesh. Now, if, if all Rabbi Yaisi meant to say 
the reason why I argued with the Tanakame is the point that the Gemara just said before, that there's no reason for the husband to nullify these nadarim. Just let her not bathe, and she won't become us to eat these paytas. And that's why there's no need for the husband to nullify the nadarim. If that's what Rabbi Yaisi meant to say, Rabbi Yaisi wouldn't use this lotion. Ein elu nidri in nefesh. Rabbi Yaisi would say, they are in nefesh. These nadarim are considered to be in nefesh because it's the nether not to eat all paytas of the world. But, nevertheless, the husband can't nullify them because let her just not bathe. The fact that the t'nai is for the nether that she will not bathe. So not bathing, that's not in nefesh. So let her just not uh, be reichitz. But that's not what Rabbi Yaisi says. So therefore the Gemara is asking, how could Rabbi Yaisi say in this kind of a nether, ain't elu nidri in nefesh? So the Gemara answers and changes and says, so we must say that the machloikis between the Tanakama and Rabbi Yaisi actually is, the way we understood this simply when we read the Mishnah yesterday, that they're arguing whether bathing itself is considered to be in nefesh. The Tanakama holds that not bathing, not showering, that is considered to be in nefesh, and Rabbi Yaisi holds that it's not. So now how do we learn the words of the Mishnah? What does it mean when it says, Imerchatz? The Amra. So the, what she said was, Kainam hanas alai. I make a nether not to have any hana of bathing. Lo'ilam, forever. That was the nether itself. But then she made a condition. Like the Mishnah says, Imerchatz. What does Imerchatz mean? The condition was, Imerchatz, if I will bathe myself once, so then that will activate the nether that I will not bathe forever. I will ask myself to, to bathe forever. Okay, and there that Gemara spells out, So therefore the Tanakhama says that the husband could nullify this nether because now, as I said, the Gemara is changing. The Gemara is saying that Tanakhama holds not bathing is considered to be in nefesh. So if she makes this nether with this condition, so he could nullify the nether. What should she do? If she's going to bathe this one time, so then mitra nasr chitzala, so then this will activate the nether and she'll have be, become usher to having any ano of bathing forever. So that's inu nefesh. Light terchat, so let her not bathe this one time. So it's lo nivla. So also she can't bathe. She can't even bathe that one time because that's going to activate the nether. So she's going to be ugly. She's going to be disgusting. So therefore, the husband could nullify this nether. That's what the Tanakhama is saying. So basically, in simple words, the Tanakhama is saying that a nether of not bathing is considered to be an inri nefesh, it's an affliction of the soul which the husband could nullify. But the question of this Gemara is, if that's the pshat of the Mishnah, so then it still really doesn't answer why did the Mishnah use such an interesting lashon, im erchat, why does the Mishnah just use a direct lashon? She made a nether not to bathe herself, period. <coughs> so the Ran explains that the Gemara here, according to the Tanakhama, is trying to say a chiddish. And the chiddish is that even if the actual nether did not take effect yet, because you still have to fulfill the condition in order for the nether to be activated still, even at this point, the husband could nullify the nether because the t'nai of the nether is also an inri nefesh. Not only when the actual nether itself is inri nefesh, okay, which the husband could nullify, but even if the t'nai is inri nefesh, the husband could also nullify that. So the Mishnah wants to say this added chiddush according to the Tanakhama. For Rabbi Yaisi Rabbi Yaisi's opinion is, after the it's not called inri nefesh, it's possible for her not to bathe, and the fact that then she'll be dirty. So for this, we're not concerned. That's, that doesn't go into the category of inuy nefesh. Okay, so therefore, the husband cannot nullify this nether. If that's the pshat of the Mishnah, it really doesn't fully answer the question we asked before. Because why? Listen, let it say, let the Mishnah say as follows. When Rabbi Yaisi argues, Rabbi Yaisi should say as follows. 
Tnai zeh, this condition ain't by any nefesh. There's no any nefesh in this condition not to bathe yourself. That's what Rabbi Yaisi should have said. What does the Lashon Rabbi Yaisi says? Rabbi Yaisi is saying that the neder is not an inu nefesh, and therefore the husband can't nullify it. Why doesn't Rabbi Yaisi say much more, a much bigger chiddush, that the tznai is not an inu nefesh? What did the Gemara say before? The Gemara said before that let's say the case is that the tznai of the nether is not to bathe, but the actual nether is not to eat from the pedis of the world. So therefore the actual nether itself is inu nefesh, not to eat any pedis. Only the tznai of the nether, which means the condition that will activate the nether, that's something which is inu nefesh. According to Rabbi Yaisi, because the tnai of the nether is something which is not in the nefesh, the husband can't nullify this, because let her just not fulfill the condition. Right? So why does Rabbi Yaisi over here say that the reason why the husband can't nullify this is because the nether is not in the nefesh? Let him say a bigger chiddush. He should have said, let's say the case is that the nether itself is in the nefesh. The nether itself is that she's not going to eat the pedis, but only the tnai is not in the nefesh. Even then Rabbi Yaisi would say that the husband can't nullify the nether. From the Lashon that Rabbi Yaisi uses, Ein Elu Nidrin Inu Nefesh, it's mashma that what he's saying is that because the actual nether itself is something which is not an affliction of the soul, that's why the husband can't nullify it. But if the nether itself would be that she can't eat from the pedis of the world and that is an nefesh, and only the condition that activates the nether is not going to be an nefesh, then the husband could nullify it because the actual nether itself is inu nefesh. But that's not true. Why, why should we say such a thing? It doesn't make sense. If she has no reason to activate the nether because the condition that will activate the nether is not inu nefesh, why should the husband be able to nullify it? So the Gemara's question is, Rabbi Yaisi, if we're speaking about a situation of a tnai, Rabbi Yaisi should have been talking about the tnai. Rabbi Yaisi should have said the bigger chiddish. Not only could the husband not nullify the nether itself, which is not inu nefesh, but even if only the tnai is not inu nefesh, Still the husband can't nullify it. Why doesn't he use that Lashen? So the Gemara switches this answer a little bit. Ella will have to say, yes, we're talking about a nether with a condition, but the condition is a bit different. The Amra, the nether she made was, Hanoas rechitza alayloilam, and make a nether not to bathe forever. Now what's the nether? Im erchatz hayoyim. If I will bathe today. So the Gemara is adding here the word hayoyim. She specifically said that the condition is not that if I bathe once, then I'll never bathe forever. But if I bathe today, then I will not bathe forever. Okay, so now the Gemara doesn't explain the opinion of the Tanakhama because it's the same like before. The Tanakhama says not bathing forever is not considered to be inu nefesh and for sure not bathing for one day is not considered to be inu nefesh so the husband can't nullify that. Rabbi Yaisi Savar, Rabbi Yaisi's opinion is, Nivol dechad nivol. The fact that she has to remain without a shower, without bathing for one day, that's, that's, not, a, that's not disgusting. That's not, something that, uh, that's not something which the husband could nullify. That's uh, the, the, the Chiddush that Rabbi Yaisi over here said. Okay, so what's the Pshat in the answer of the Gemara? So why Taka does the Gemara not say this Lashen, that T'nai Zeh Ein Boi Inu Nefesh? So the, uh, I mean, it's not clear in the Gemara's answer. How, how did it answer the original question over here? So the Ran brings one shot that the explanation over here is that right now the reason why he's not talking about the Tanai, rather Rabbi Yaisi is focusing on the nether itself, is because to say that the nether itself is not an Inu Nefesh is a much bigger Chiddush than the Tanai. What was the Tanai? The Tanai was not to bathe one day. Not to bathe one day, that's much simpler to, to understand that that's not any nefesh. Just one day, you can handle one day without a shower. 
But to say that she's not going to bathe forever, that's actually very difficult to understand. How Rabbi Yaisi says that's not called in Nefesh. So therefore the reason why Rabbi Yaisi is not talking about the actual, uh, the, the Tanai that is, but he's talking about the actual Nedah is because Rabbi Yaisi wanted to tell you a Chiddush. Not only is the Tanai not an Nefesh, but I, I hold that even the Nedah itself, which is not to bathe forever, that's also not an Nefesh. So before, when the Gemara said that basically the Tanai and the nether was the same thing. Um, that if I bathe, then I'll never be able to bathe. If the t'nai and the nether is the same thing, there's no reason for Rabbi Yaisi to be talking about the nether. Rabbi Yaisi should be talking about the t'nai. And that would actually be a bigger chiddush, that the t'nai is not an inu nefesh. And then I would understand that even if the nether itself is inu nefesh, that I'm not going to eat the pedis of the world, that still there's no reason for the husband to nullify this. Just don't fulfill the t'nai, so you won't activate it. But now that we're saying that the t'nai and the nether are different, the t'nai is just for one day. And the nether is not to bathe forever. Now we understand what Rabbi Yaisi spoke about the nether specifically. Because it's a much bigger chiddush to say that even the nether not to bathe forever is also not any nefesh. Okay, so that explains the, the, what the Mishnah meant when it said that her t'nai was im erchatz. Because it's a, it, that's the t'nai on the nether not to bathe forever. So the Gemara now continues. So Sean is, you just answered me and explained im erchatz. What the Mishnah meant by this expression of im erchatz. So im erchatz is the condition of the nether not to bathe forever. That if she bathes today, she won't bathe forever. But now how do we explain the next part of the Mishnah? Im loy erchatz. She says a nether if I will not bathe. What does that mean? Hey chidomi, what is the meaning of this? So he lay me, if you're going to, according to what you just said, that we're talking about a nether with a condition. And you're going to explain similar over here. That the same kind of a nether with a condition it doesn't make any sense. Because Elaine, me if you're going to say the Umra that she said, Titzar hanoas alai. My nether is that bathing forever will be asura mi. Im loy If I will not bathe today. So in other words, she's sort of trying to motivate herself to bathe today. So she says, if I don't take a shower today, then I'll never be able to take a shower. Says so the Gemara, so over here, why should the husband have the uh, control or the, the, the right to nullify this nether? This is not inu nefesh, she's not going to suffer. Why, why would he nullify this nether? Let her just take a shower today and that's it. So if she takes a shower today, then the nether will not be activated. So we can't apply the same shot to what we said when the Mishnah says the term im erchatz, that the condition is that I should not bathe today, to the next part of the Mishnah where it says im loy erchatz, that the, what the condition of the nether is if I don't take a shower today. Says the Gemara, so Omer Rav Yehuda, so Rav Yehuda explains that when it says here in the Mishnah, im loy erchatz, that the nether will be activated if I don't shower today or I don't bathe today, what does that mean? Not just a regular ba- ba- bath. The Amra, her nether is, hanoas rechitza layla oilam. That I make a nether not to bathe forever. If I don't today bathe in May Mishra, in the water where they soak flax, very disgusting, dirty water. That's what she said. So over here, the, the tnai of the nether is also something which is inu nefesh. That she's making a nether to take this disgusting bath. And if she's not going to take this disgusting bath today, then she'll be also forever. Maybe that's what the Mishnah meant. Okay, so now the Gemara goes on to the next part of the Mishnah. What did it say after this in the Mishnah? The Mishnah says similar also, Inu Nefesh would mean regarding makeup. In Meskashet, in She says, another, if, if I will uh, use makeup, or if I will not use makeup, using, using the same, same expression. So now how do we apply that to the next part of the Mishnah? So Dich similar to this Pshat, he's saying here, when the Mishnah afterwards says, Im Loy 
that she's making a nether, that if I will not adorn myself with makeup today, then I will not use makeup forever. So what is the pshat of it? You can't say that it means that if I don't use makeup today, then I'll never use makeup because then there's no Indian official. Let us just use makeup today and then the nether will never be activated. So what are you going to have to say? What does it mean over here? Similar to what we said before, that it doesn't stop mean a bath. It means a very dirty bath. So you're going to say the same thing regarding the makeup, that the title of the mission is, that she didn't mean if I don't use makeup today. She says, if I don't use makeup today, made from neft, made from kerosene. Instead of putting regular makeup on my face, if I don't use kerosene today, then I will not adore myself forever. That's what the Mishnah means. But the Gemara says it doesn't fit into the words of the Mishnah because lichluchu, neft, if she's just using kerosene, that's just filth. The Mishnah can't, would never use this lotion and say that if I don't adore myself today with makeup, so then I won't use makeup forever. And it's referring to what? Kerosene. Maybe regarding a bath, you could say that if she bathes herself in May Mishra, you can use that term of bathing in flax water, and dirty water. But you can't say this pshat regarding this term of eskashet, regarding makeup. So therefore the Gemara explains, Ella, some are going to severe the Gemara, Ella. Gemara changes now the pshat of what imloy erchatz means. So Ella, Omar, Rava, that's one gear. So here in the Gemara we have Ella, Omar, Yehuda. Okay, so the Gemara goes through both cases again. Now the first case basically remains the same like we said before. So when it, again, when it, what was the first case of the Mishnah? She said, Im Erchatz. What does the Im Erchatz mean? It's a neder with a condition. The Omra, like we said before, she said, Hanos, Rechitza, Oila, Oila, Malai. Her neder was that she's never going to bathe. Im Erchatz If I bathe today. And now what's the second part of the Mishnah? When the Mishnah says, Loi Erchatz. Loi Erchatz is not a neder with a condition. Loi Erchatz means Shvuah Shaloi Erchatz. She makes a Shvuah that she's not going to bathe. That's what it means. Okay, so the loy erchatz is not b'chalana with a condition. Now why does the Gemara actually switch to shvuah? If it's just saying that if you hear the second part of the Mishnah, the case of loy erchatz, and the Gemara is sort of uh, ignoring the word im regarding the second part of the Mishnah. In the per- first part of the Mishnah, when it says im erchatz, the im means if, a condition. In the se- when the Mishnah says im loy erchatz, the word im over here is not a condition. Im loy erchatz just means a shvuah that loy erchatz, shvuah that it will not pay. So first of all, the Gemara is, is ignoring the word im over here. And the Rishayim say that over here, we're going to have to say the word im does not mean if. Sometimes the word im could mean that this is what I'll do. So over here, that's what the way the Gemara is understanding the word im, number one. Number two, the Gemara is switching to shvuah when it comes to this. And this is based on something that we learned a long time ago here in the Masechta, that the Gemara says when it comes to a shvuah, you cannot make a shvuah Sorry, again, when it comes to a nether, that is, you can't make a nether on an action. A nether has to be regarding an object. The iser takes effect on an object. When it comes to a shvuah, a person makes a shvuah and asks himself of doing an action. So therefore, since the Mishnah used the term loy erchatz, so loy erchatz means the action of rechitze, which is a shvuah. That's what the Gemara explains, that it's not it's without a condition, and it's a shvuah. Similar regarding the next part of the Mishnah, hanoas kishut that the person made, if the first nether was that I make a nether not to adorn myself with makeup, forever, and the condition was, if I use makeup today, and then when the Mishnah is said afterwards, what does that mean? Or it was a shvuah not to use makeup. That's the pshat, that's the Gemara's final pshat in the Mishnah. No, 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 no. Im im No, no, that's not a question. No, the, again, hanoas im So that means that she can't use makeup today. 
And the Tanakhama says the fact that she can't use makeup today, that's already in nefesh. Just one day not using makeup is called in nefesh. The Amos says that you see over here, some take out, the Ran I think says, you take out the word Hayyim over here in the Gemara. The only reason why the Gemara before stuck in the word Hayyim was to explain that Rabbi Yaisi, when he said his opinion, Rabbi Yaisi could have said it in two ways. Rabbi Yaisi could have said, Ein elu nidre inu nefesh, focusing on the neder. Or Rabbi Yaisi could have said that even the t'nai is not inu nefesh. That it's not necessary to explain that the husband can't nullify because of the neder not being inu nefesh. But he could have said that the t'nai, even the condition, is not inu nefesh. So, so that's why the Gemara had to add before the word Hayyim, as I explained before. But the Ran says, right now, you don't need this word Hayyim anymore because it's easy to understand why Rabbi Yaisi was not talking about the T'nai. Because Rabbi Yaisi was talking about both cases of the Mishnah. Gemara now is explaining that we have one case which is a Neder with a T'nai, Take. But then you have another case which is a Shvuah. So because he's also talking about the case of Shvuah, Rabbi Yaisi doesn't want to use the, the Lushen of T'nai because regarding the Shvuah there is no T'nai. So it's really right now it's not necessary to have the word Hayyim. You could explain it without Hayyim. That's what Tehran says. Okay, so this is the Pshat and the Lashon of the Mishnah. And so again, the second case is talking about a Shavuot. So the Gemara asks on this detail, Amalei Ravin Ravashi, Ravin asks Ravashi, So hi, Eilu Nedarim, Ushavuot mi Bayalei. When the Mishnah begins and says, The following of the Nedarim that the husband could nullify. So if we're saying that we're speaking about a Nedar and a Shavuot, so why does it just say, does it just say Nedar? It should have said a Nedar and a Shavuot. That's what it means. So the Gemara answers, Tni. So yeah, you have to read that in the Mishnah. These are the Nadarim and the Shvuas that a husband could nullify. Or the Gemara says, Sometimes Shvuas is included in the language and the expression of Neder. It goes together. It's one thing. When it says Neder, it includes a Shvuah as well. Where do we see this? In the Mishnah, in the first parak of the Mesechta. The Tnan, the Mishnah there said, a person uses the expression, Kinidre Rishon. If you remember the Gemara there, the Mishnah there was talking about something that's called a Yad of a Neder, when a person is not speaking clearly. So a person said, Kinidre Rishon, like the Neder of Nishon. So nadar ben nazir or bekarben or b'shvuah. So this nether will take effect both for naziris and both for a carbon for a shvuah. If he said this expression of nidre d'shaim, and there was a nazir in front of him, or there was a behemoth that's a carbon there, or there was a shvuah, so this this lashon of nidre d'shaim, because d'shaim usually make nadarim, so therefore it takes effect for any of these for shvuah as well. So we see that the expression of nidre d'shaim relates to a shvuah as well. So over here as well, when the Mishnah says elu nadarim, it includes a shvuah as well. Okay, now the Gemara is going to focus on the actual halacha itself, which is the machlaikis, whether not bathing is called inu nefesh. So the Tanakam, the Rabbanan say, not bathing is inu nefesh. Threk the Gemara, the Omru Rabbanan, the is ba inu nefesh. Do the Rabbanan say that if one doesn't bathe, so that's considered to be an affliction of the soul and the husband could nullify this nether of his wife? If she can't bathe, I'll ask you a contradiction from a Mishnah that we learned in Mesech de Yuma. There it says, There are the five different things that a person is not allowed to do in Yom Kippur, not allowed to eat, not allowed to drink, and also one of them is not to bathe in Yom Kippur, not to wash yourself. But, the Einish of Kodesh, when it says in the Torah, that if you don't afflict yourself, that this Kodesh, that only refers to someone that eats and drinks on Yom Kippur. Or someone that does Malacha on Yom Kippur. Also this Kodesh for that. But not for bathing on Yom Kippur. <coughs> Sorry. So the Gemara says, now, 
If you're going to say kiloi rachza, that if she, if this woman here that made this nether, if she does not bathe ikke inui, that this is called inui, that this is an affliction of the soul, so be yom kipper. So we should say the same thing on yom kipper when the Torah says v'nisim is nafshe seichem kirachatz. If a person bathes himself. That should be included in being over and transgressing what it says. You should be chayav kares. So Rav answers, and the Bachir adds in, In each place you have to look at the context of the Pasuk. When it comes to Yom Kippur, the Chsev, the Pasuk there says, You should afflict your soul on this day of Yom Kippur. So what does the Torah want? That the affliction should be felt on this day of Yom Kippur itself. So therefore, If it's something that you can feel and sense the affliction, the pain of it today and this day, so that that's included in Ta'anus Nafshi Seichem. That's eating, not eating and drinking. A person doesn't take a shower one day. You don't feel the affliction immediately on the day of Yom Kippur itself. So therefore it's not included in the, the mitzvah of Tanas Naf Shaseich. But by Nedarim, the Chsiv, Kol Neda, Bechol Shvuas Isra La'anois Nafesh, any Neda Shvuah that brings an affliction of the soul. So that's Milsa Da'asil Eladei Inu. That includes not only something that she'll feel this affliction of the soul immediately, anything that will bring her pain or suffering even afterwards is also included in this. If she's not going to bathe, then eventually Asil Eladei Inu, she'll come to an affliction of the soul. So therefore, over here, Rabban and say it includes more. Now the Gemara asks on Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. What did Rabbi Yaisi say? That this is not an affliction of the soul. Not bathing. So there's a question that was asked, a contradiction in Rabbi Yaisi's opinion. So this here, this is a b'raise in uh, re- regarding the halachas of a mayon. You have a, a spring or a stream of water, shal ir. This spring is in one city. So really the water of this spring belongs to the people of this city. And it flows, the, the spring flows from this city to another city. But the problem is there's not enough water f- here for the people of this city and for the people of the next city. So if the people of this city are going to drink this water, the people of the next city are not going to have what to drink. And if, you, if you're going to leave it for the people of the next city, so there won't be anything here. Right? So, but is there really, really is their water? It's their spring. It's their stream. So what's the Allah? If it's a question of Pasha drinking water for them to live or the people of the city following them to be able to live. So their life comes first. Right? As it always says that uh, that if your brother lives with you, you can't give away everything. If you yourself are going to die and you give it to someone else. Over here, you have to leave the drinking water for the people of this city before you give to the people of the next city. If the water is needed for the behemoths of this city and then it's behemoths of the other city, so the water that's needed for, for the drinking of the behemoths of this city also comes before the behemoths of, the, of another city. It's also learned from a Pasuk. That you only give for someone else what he needs after you, you take for what you need for yourself. You don't have to give away when you, when you will not have for yourself anything. If the issue is regarding laundry, using the water for the laundry, so it's a, issue, a question of whether you'll use it for the laundry of this city or the laundry of the next city. Their laundry comes before the laundry of the next city. If it's a question of whether the next city will have drinking water and this city here where the water originates from needs the water for their laundry. So then I say, that the, the life of the people of the next city that needs it for drinking is going to come before the laundry of the city, even though it's their water. But they only need it for the laundry. And the next city needs it for the drinking water. So you have to leave it for them. Rabbi Yaisi says, Even the water that they're going to be using for their laundry, 
comes before the drinking water for the other city. They have to leave the water, or they, they could, they keep the water for themselves, for their laundry, and not give it to the other city that needs it, push it for drinking water. So most Mepharshim over here say, the flaw here, others say in the Pshat this Gemara, it doesn't literally mean that without giving the water to the other people in the next city, that the Pash are going to die. If it's Mamish Bekoch, Nefashis, Rabbi Yesi would not say that you use the water for your own laundry and the people in the next city are going to die. What it means is the people in the next city don't have their own drinking water and they have to schlep water from who knows where and it's a big terche. So therefore Rabbi Yesi says, in the end of the day, it's not Bekoch Nefesh. So therefore the laundry, this is our water, belongs to them. So they don't have an obligation to give the water to someone else because if they can't do laundry, they're also going to be in a lot of pain. Wearing dirty clothing is also an issue. So therefore they keep it for themselves. Okay, so what do we see from this B'raise? Says the Gemara, Hashta Kvise, when it comes to laundry. What Rabbi Yaisi is saying over here is that laundry is something. If, you have, if you're wearing dirty clothing, then there's such pain in this. That therefore he says, this comes before the Tirch of the other city to get themselves drinking water. So Gov Kulay Loikal Shekain. So most definitely shouldn't Rabbi Yaisi agree when it comes to bathing your body. For sure, Rabbi Yaisi should say that this is something that's inu nefesh. It's an affliction of the soul if you can't bathe yourself at all. So how could Rabbi Yaisi say in our Mishnah that a wife that makes a nether not to bathe herself, that this is not called an affliction of the soul? And it's even, it's even less of a problem than not doing laundry? So the Gemara answers, Omri, they said, actually, this is the case. In yes, kvise alimel rabbi According to rabbi wearing dirty clothing is worse than not showering. Why? The other Shmuel, because Shmuel said, Hi, Arvu Visa. This Arvu Visa, a person that doesn't take care of his hair and his hair gets all knotted up and it's not clean his hair, the reisha, the, the, the hairs of his head. Masil de avira. This can cause a person to become blind. Arvu Visa, the money. If a person has the dirty clothing, what will this cause? Masilidei This brings a person to go crazy. A person loses his mind. A person wearing dirty clothing is so, it, 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 it's, it drives a person crazy. And that's something that's very bad. It's even worse than not showering. Avuvisa de gufe, but the dirty on the body, masilidei shichni v'kivi. This will bring a person to have boils in the, on, on his body. So why is not having uh, clean clothing worse? Because not having clean clothing, which will drive a person crazy, once a person loses his mind, he won't be able to heal himself. Or it will be very difficult to heal himself. If a person has boils on his body or he has other issues that comes from not showering, that's something that a person can heal himself from easier. So therefore, Rabbi Yaisi says, real inu nefesh is actually more by not laundering your clothing than even not showering. Okay, Bechlal, this whole Gemara here where it says that a, a woman makes a nether never to bathe and shower in her life, that it's still not called any nefesh. And here you see the Gemara says even to the point of Shechin is, is very interesting, that, that that's still not called any nefesh. I saw in one shot that one of the Bofarshim says that her nether was not to bathe herself in it with a hot shower or warm water, but in a cold shower she still, still will be able to take. So therefore, maybe that's what Abiyasi said, it's not any nefesh, it's not the end of the world. Okay, but the Pshat and the Gemara is Kipshute. I mean, the simple Pshat is that uh, even without any shower at all, it's not called any nefesh.